0: There was a time I had trouble talking about it, congratulate them, we know they doubted, somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall, never quit, traversing through each obstacle, show a non-believer what's possible, let nothing
1: they could do stand, in between me and my wildest dreams, let's go, and that come at us could come in between.
0: Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never stray from my path. When we're gone,
2: we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault.
3: It's going to
1: be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do
3: some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. The fantasy football season rolls on after a stupendous and frisky week six of the NFL season. It is Tuesday, October 19th. Seth Woolcock, me back here with you, joined by the fellas to bring you feel-good vibes and some future award-winning advice. We haven't won them yet, but the awards are coming. And to help us win those awards are our good friends, Nate Polvo. He's a real estate agent, an analyst, a father, a husband, and as his wife says, is, is incredibly handsome as well. And we also have Scott Reinier in the building. He's a construction manager by day, a father at the same time, but a spreadsheet genie at night, making all those fantasy football wishes come true. Boys, how are we feeling? Are you feeling better than me coming into Tuesday? I'm coming off a fantasy football loss, a Penn State loss, my favorite NASCAR driver losing. So all around bad weekend, the vibes are high for me. Are they high for you as well, Scott?
2: Dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, And that might seem inaccurate since I sat and watched 18 innings in the stadium, watched my Mariners season end. But um, I had my best fantasy season by far. Sorry, best fantasy week by far this week. My – my teams with Jamichael Hasty and Rashid Shahid and Braxton <laughs> Barrios killed it. There we go. Um, and it's supposed to rain in Seattle in a couple of days for the first time in, I don't know, three months.
3: So, you know, things are good right now. Things are good. I'm pumped. The drought is over for Scott. Nate, how are we doing out there in crispy Colorado?
1: Well, it's cold. So that's the thumbs down. Um, you might notice from... The banner's behind me. I am a Broncos fan, so thumbs down (laughs) because that's just a mess. Jackson has a four-day weekend coming up. More thumbs down around here, but I kid. We're stoked to have Jackson for a long weekend, it's a great week. I'm stuffing all my work into three days, which is a challenge, but it can be done.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get on those Red Bulls. Get on that Joe, whatever you guys need, and lock in with us tonight as well because we are locked and loaded for an incredible show. We have front and center on the show. What's the deal with Cam Akers in Los Angeles? Robbie Anderson, he's now a Cardinal. What's up with that? We're going to tell you that. Temperature check. We're going to tell you who you should be buying and selling here at this point in the season. This is the point where you win and lose leagues by trading. So we're going to give you our best advice heading into week seven. And then in the scope, waivers, free agent, fines. We've been hot lately boys we've been getting these free agents the way before they're the top waiver uh, ads we got a couple this week that we'll talk about that we highlighted last week who are going for high market price and we're gonna set people up for next week as well and then we're gonna round it out with a fall would you rather a little fancy football in there as well but just you know poking fun at the fall season the highs the lows and you guessed it everything in between guys. We got Albert back in the chat already. What's up, Albert? Good to see you here Good hey, afternoon. Saw him earlier on a show, so uh, good to see Albert. Um, if you guys are new to the In Between Media YouTube channel and you want to hang around with us, subscribe. Please ask some questions as well. Leave us a review. Whatever you guys want to do, it goes a long, long way here, so we greatly appreciate it. But, fellas, let's go ahead and jump into the meat of this show with front and center after an awesome little drop here from a guy, Nate Miller. Sometimes taking that first step out the door It's the hardest thing to do we'll
0: Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more Save the spot just for you We're oh, all somewhere yeah. in between How about
1: you come to the place just We can have some out. fun Ain't gotta worry about what not what it means, means. Come and give me another, another Cause tonight is young, young. Oh, At least I so thought mm. Front and center.
3: Front and center breaking news, guys. Let's start with what hit us, Nate, not too long after we were off our podcast on Friday, of course. Cam Akers, a healthy scratch following a disagreement with Coach Sean McVay. Man, the Cam Akers saga, it continues to add chapters that we were not expecting here, Nate. Now we're hearing that there may be some type of trade in the works. He might get cut. We're not really sure. Daryl Henderson, he came out here in week six with the backfield to himself, provided serviceable numbers for fantasy managers. First of all, what is your take on the whole Cam Akers situation? It's just bizarre at this point.
1: Well, look, it's going to be hard to trade him because he hasn't been productive. He's got 0, eight, 11, 1, and 4 fantasy point outputs this season. He's on the field max 50% of snaps, but that was only one game, so that's the best he's done. He hasn't showed enough. Who's going to – the seventh-round pick? Is that what we're looking at in a, in a trade? I mean, it can't be much more than that. I feel like he ends up getting released. Yep. I think this is a Deontay Foreman situation. I think in three years, maybe his name comes up as a reliable backup that can fill in for an injured star running back.
3: So okay. you're calling you're calling it quits with Cam Akers. You think he's going to be irrelevant here maybe the rest of the way through. Scott, do you feel any better about it?
2: No. Um, personally, I'm not calling it quits because I never – called it starts yeah with
3: him um he was one of
2: my major fades all off season. for not, not i wasn't like you know oh hey in week six i think he's going to be a healthy scratch because of disagreements with the team that's not why um i just don't think he's that great of a running back right now coming off that injury i don't think that the rams have a very good running offense right now a very good offensive line their offense in general is just kind of out of out of sync um i mean as far as like what's actually going on in los angeles i have no idea it started off as you know he's going to take some time off for personal reasons so then all the tweets started flooding in oh i hope you know hope you make it through whatever this is right. but now it seems like it's not that so i have no idea what's going to happen all i know is i'm not i'm not touching him you know and if i were another nfl team i wouldn't either you know and unless like nate
3: said i mean maybe a really late draft pick but yeah i think he ends up getting released do we hold on to cam makers and fantasy leagues? If you have him on your roster or is it okay to cut him? I think that's the golden question here, Scott. I mean, I would probably, if there's a waiver ad
2: that is, you know, a, a smash home run mm-hmm. and, you, and he's the only option to drop. Sure. But I would probably want to see what unfolds here first. Cause it's just so, it's so murky right now. What's going to happen. I mean, it it's- could be, it could be a little, you know, much ado about nothing potentially. I don't know. Um, right, right. You know, where, if he goes somewhere else, if he stays with the Rams, I'm just, I'm not excited about him, but we got a comment kicking at the lake house, cut him. I mean, probably I try not to be as hasty, but like I said, I don't personally have this particular problem on any of my teams.
3: So if you need a play though, it sounds like, you know, we can move on, but it, I think it's just hard to imagine where he's going to end up in the NFL that he could be in a better position or even a a usable fantasy position than he is right now. Maybe he goes to the Chargers and backs up Austin Eckler. Baltimore, they have some injuries in the RB room here with J.K. Dobbins. However, we're not exactly sure. Gus Bus he should be firing up soon. So it's just very murky waters. Um, We got Denise in the chat, as you said, Scott. She's saying you can go ahead and cut him. Good to see her tonight. Um, Always good to see her on the YouTube here. Um, But yeah, I, I, you know, it's a murky situation with Cam Akers, but Nate, it sounds like final verdict here, unless you disagree is keep Cam Akers stash if you can, but if, if you need a play this week and he has to go, he has to go.
1: I agree. If there's a better player out there, you're obviously going to take him. at this point. Almost anybody that you can get as a stash on waivers is going to be better than Cam Akers. So,
2: well, and the other thing we have this week is our first fairly major bye week which, you know, I always know they're coming, but then I go look at my rosters and I'm like, oh, good God. So, I mean, that's an, that's another thing to factor in and redraft, you know? I mean, especially if you're sitting and you need to you need a win. You know, if you're trying to come back from a, a slow start, like I am in a bunch of leagues, then yeah, I mean, he's a roster clogger right
3: now. All right, let's move forward here. Hollywood Brown, he suffers a serious injury. However, Robbie Anderson is now on his way to the Cardinals. And also, DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be returning from that PD suspension. So, boys, what do we make of this Cardinals receiving core moving forward? Kind of the Cardinals in general. They've been a mess. Zach Ertz has kind of held down the fort with Hollywood. Hollywood now. We don't know if it's season ending quite yet, but he is expected to miss quite a bit of time here. Is there value here with DeAndre Hopkins? Is there value with Robbie Anderson? Scott, I want to start with you on Hopkins. What do you see for his outlook? I mean, his outlook is better than it
2: was at this point. I mean, he's coming back, you know. You know, he's coming off, he's coming off a suspension. So this isn't about coming back from an injury, Certainly. you know, um, getting back to 100%. I mean, none of us know what kind of shape he's in, but that's, you know, to, you know, you can somewhat assume he's probably going to be in football shape. He's able to practice and all that kind of stuff. So I think I mean, it can only I mean, Hollywood Brown was killing it this year. I just traded for him in in, in a league and bummer. I seem to be the grim reaper of that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be, other than Zach Ertz, he's going to be their top pass catcher and not really particularly close. I don't think Robbie Anderson moves the needle at all for me in any sort of way. Somebody posted earlier on Twitter, like, you either love or you hate Robbie Anderson, and my response was, I nothing Robbie Anderson. I just nothing him right now. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant in Arizona. Um, I'm keeping my eye on Rondell Rondell Moore, though. He was pretty heavily involved against the Seahawks. He seems to be fully back from his hamstring injury. You know it hasn't turned into a lot of fantasy points yet but his trend as far as opportunity and involvement is pointing up but the cloud over the top of all this is their offense is a mess Stinks, yeah it stinks you know it doesn't look
3: like they know what they want to do yep i completely agree with you there scott um rondell moore is kind of playing that curtis samuel type role for the cardinals nate you touched on robbie anderson earlier in a column today for us. What can you tell us about Robbie Anderson that you don't like with the Cardinals? Because you would think that Cardinals, that they would, that they need a deep threat right now because that's where they can't push the ball. So why can't Robbie Anderson be that for the Cardinals, Nate?
1: So here's my biggest concern. It's his contested catch rate. It's 20%. It's 78th in the league right now. Minimum 14 targets. That's not good. Especially for a guy who's now going into an offense with Kyler Murray who is known to be slightly erratic as a quarterback? He's not the most accurate guy on the field. He can, he can airmail stuff, and if Robbie Anderson's going to have to go after a ball and fight for a catch, it's not going to happen. One in five times he's going to make that play. Whereas you've got DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, Rondale Moore, who are used to doing this with Kyler Murray. I don't see Robbie Anderson adjusting. I don't think it was necessarily just Baker Mayfield. I just don't think Robbie Anderson's that good of a wide receiver anymore.
3: Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't really have much to add to that. Guys, I, I think I value Hopkins as you know a mid-tier wide receiver too at this point. Robbie Anderson, if he's out there, I don't mind him as a bench stash, but uh, they're going in, into Thursday night football this week, so I don't expect him to be out there if he is in a very limited capacity. Let's go to Washington. Taylor Heineke back under center for the Commanders. Carson Wentz is going to be out four to six weeks with a broken ring finger on his throwing hand. So is this a bump? Is this a neutral slide for Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, those, those boys up there in Washington, or is this just same old, same old with the commanders, Curtis Samuel burned a lot of people this last week. Same with um, same with all these commanders really almost all season long. Is there hope Scott? Is there any hope that Taylor Heineke can be that spark plug behind some type of rejuvenation in Washington, or is it just a total loss of a season in fantasy and in the NFL form? Uh, I don't really think
2: he's going to come in and provide the spark. We went through this last year. Um, You know, I mean, he has, he's, he's had spike weeks. He's had some spike games where he plays well and, you know, brings some fantasy relevance to his receivers around him. But I mean, it's a downgrade from Carson Wentz. However much we want to, you know, the the last two weeks, Carson Wentz has not played well, but regardless, no matter what you want to say about Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke is a, downgrade in my opinion for that entire offense. Um, So I'm not necessarily just like it's a lost season, but the hopes I had for Samuel McLaurin, the Dotson, your boy um, tempered at this point, definitely tempered at this point.
3: Nate, do you have any hope for this? Because I I am like Scott, like I'm waiting for these guys to have one big game and try to get out of them. I am very scared, especially with the whole dysfunction going on right now in Washington Dan Snyder might not be an owner that much longer. How do you feel about this situation? I know you were kind of hot on him in your column earlier today.
1: So, being hot on a waiver wire at this point in the season, take that for what you will. I mean, it's, but I do yeah. like Heineke. He was a starter in this for this team last year, 16 games. He finished the overall QB 19. Right. He wasn't phenomenal. He's not a guy that you're racing out to get to plug him in in a one QB league. But if you're in a super flex league and you had Carson Wentz go out and get Taylor Heineke, if you have someone like, I mean, I probably started at this point over Jared Goff. because I feel like there's at least a consistency you can get unless you want to keep Goff on your bench and spot start Goff over him. Heineke's going to provide consistency, which is what you weren't getting out of Carson Wentz. And that's been the problem with him. It's not flashy, it's not sexy, but I think guys like Antonio Gibson might see a little bit of bump with him, because they're going to go to a little bit of that shorter passing game again. And I still like Curtis Samuel. He's talented. And I think with a guy like Heineke, who is fairly consistent as a quarterback, he can thrive, maybe more than anybody else on this offense, now with Heineke.
3: Okay, I'm a little worried about Samuel personally on my end, just because... Carson Wentz is a great check down master. He's made players like Greg Ward, Nelson Aguilar kind of relevant in that type of role. So I'm a little bit worried that, that some of that, I mean, Bob Harris was on the show a couple of weeks ago touting Samuel, saying that he is third in the league in touches. He's not now, but uh, I'm a little worried that that might change. Maybe they can get him involved in the run game again. Let's go to Green Bay. And it, it's, it's not a huge note here, but Randall Cobb, he is going to miss two to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. I think this matters more not because you were playing Randall Cobb in your leagues consistently. It was because of Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers was leaning on Randall Cobb these last couple of weeks. This is just bad news for the Packers, guys. They, they were working out a couple undrafted free agent wide receivers this week just because of how dire the situation is. No Christian Watson right now. Sammy Watkins is injured. Go figure. And it's just all the way down the depth chart right now. Randall Cobb's gone. Maybe we see a little more Mari Rogers because of this. But I'm just really worried that Aaron Rodgers' upside is sincerely capped this season, and I think he should be on waiver wires probably moving forward. Here, Nate, how do you feel about that?
1: Well, he's already QB twenty, and it's only getting worse in Green Bay. They've looked progressively worse every week. I mean, except for obviously Week One against Minnesota when they just got laid out. This is a team and an offense that is confused. I'm starting to have questions about Matt LaFleur as a head coach. I'm starting to question his play calling and his decision-making. And I'm starting to question whether Aaron Rodgers still has it. I mean, he's not he's not commanding the field the way he has in previous seasons. And part of that's obviously because of the wide receiver situation. But a true leader on a football field, it doesn't matter. Look at what Tom Brady did with guys like oh geez, uh, Troy Brown. Who played a combination of wide receiver and quarterback for some of the Super Bowl teams?
3: All right, Scott, do you feel any differently? Because I'm kind of out on Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, I'm with Nate.
2: I'm out. You know, obviously in Superflex, you got to keep him and likely roll him out there. But I mean, just he's definitely already hitting the wa- waiver wires in shallow leagues. He was hitting those waiver wires last week, and in one of my home leagues, I needed a QB fill in. I played Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers, and yep. it worked out. Um, as far as streaming goes, I, I saw him and, you know, I obviously had that like, Ooh, Aaron Rodgers is on waivers, but then I was like, wait a second. There's a reason for that. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not really sure why they aren't trying to get the ball to Aaron Jones or yeah, Aaron Jones as much as humanly possible, but that's not really happening. The only pass catchers I'm considering are Lazard and, and now I guess Tanyan, Tanyan had a, had a big game volume wise this past week. And maybe that, maybe that's where some of that's going to, that, that reliance on somebody he knows is going to go. Um, but overall, it's it's just it doesn't look good. It doesn't look promising. I mean, Randall Cobb, his injury doesn't necessarily move the needle either one one direction or the other. For me that much, it was already looking like this. Um, but you're right. I mean, you can only blame like, oh, they lost Devonte Adams. You know, that, that obviously is a big hit, but they but had like, the whole summer to prepare. That doesn't for excuse. That yeah. doesn't excuse some of the play calls, some of the decision-making without it. It just doesn't. So not looking, not looking so great in green Bay. Meanwhile, Vikings are five and one. Yep.
3: Washington, Buffalo, Detroit up next for the Packers. So you like the Detroit matchup, but they have to go through Washington defense that is solid and Buffalo before that. So tough road ahead for Aaron Rodgers. You can drop him if you need to. Moving forward here, guys, let's go ahead and jump into uh, into temperature check. Here, we're going to talk about buy lows and sell highs. Here, if you guys are new to the in between media fantasy football podcast, please give us a like and a subscribe as we head into temperature check.
1: Temperature check that's really spicy. Holy.
3: So, Scott, you said it wasn't a great time for you to be a Mariners fan, and I completely understand that. Um, you know, at least you are in the city of Seattle, though, that does have now the sleeping giant Kenneth Walker in the backfield. Full send now. 12 for 91 and 1 on the ground for Mr. Kenneth Walker. Adds another two receptions for 13 yards. 19 PPR points. He's looked good in back-to-back weeks now, but he only has really one-plus matchup coming up here. He's got the Chargers the Giants, the Cardinals, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the schedule for the next month. So not easy sledding for the rookie, but do we still have faith? That is the question here. Nate, I want to start with you. Uh, what do you think on Kenneth Walker? I, I want to remove the Ce- Seattle bias here. <laughs> Good luck with you, that.
1: You're probably not going to hear anything much different from me than you hear from Scott. He looked fantastic against Arizona, I was very impressed. And yes, Arizona's defense, blah, 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 whatever you want to say about him, doesn't matter. He played well. He made big plays. He looked slippery. He was able to find the hole. He was breaking tackles. I think this is a guy you can almost play every week
3: because this is a team that's good.
1: They have to run the ball. They can't throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game with Geno Smith. That's not going to work. That's part of what has worked is their ability to run the ball, Kenneth Walker is the RB one. That's what they drafted him to be. Rashad Penny's done for the season. He's been forced into the role, like it or not. I think he's a reliable, probably RB two rest of season. Wouldn't you say, Scott?
2: Yeah, that's where I have him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely holding Kenneth Walker. And yeah, I'm a Seahawks fan, so if there's an extra bit of excitement, um, you know this this particular draft pick, spending a second round pick on Kenneth Walker was trashed by many, and I still don't necessarily agree with it, but now it has happened and he is on the team so i'm obviously going to be super thrilled when he shows out like he did against the cardinals now the cardinals are not a great defense but yeah. i mean he he looked the part um of of a team's rb1 he was he was fast he was slippery he was powerful um he had some Crazy little skip, jump, step on that touchdown run—that was pretty cool. He is so <laughs> fun to watch. Like, it's like, really fun.
3: I love, he, I love watching Brees Hall, but Kenneth Walker might be even more fun to watch, dude. I mean, like,
2: you know, as far as all the speculation we've done about draft classes, and all this Brees yeah. Hall and Kenneth Walker at the top of this—it's going to be a fun combo. Those two for many, many years. Um, I but agree. I, you know, I think yeah, he's with with the current fantasy landscape and bye weeks. Yeah, he's an every week start. I mean, he's a starting running back for a team for an offense that is not just, oh, they had one good game against the Falcons. Like they've sustained some pretty, pretty fantasy relevant offense. Um, you know, not consistent across the board. DK Metcalf kind of disappeared this past game, but that was more. I God, NFC West games always just end up weird like Certainly. that. Like I really yeah. thought that game on paper should have been a bonanza. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, this is just the start for Walker. Unfortunately, it took the Penny injury to 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 Unlocking, boost him yeah. to this place. But there, I mean, DJ Dallas, he'll he'll get
3: he'll get a, l- a little bit of work here and there. But I mean, this is Walker's backfield. He's going to get a ton of volume. He saw sixty nine percent of snaps here in Week Six, and that number is only going to go up. And guys, like I really think Kenneth Walker is a league winner. So I- I'm normally someone who does not recommend going out there and buying high. I know that is a strategy out there. But I think this is a time I would buy high for Kenneth Walker. I sent out some feelers earlier for him today. Couldn't get him. <laughs> like like the, the People know what they have, I think, in him. So it's going to be hard to buy him high for a reasonable price. But if you can buy him high, buy him high if you have him already. Congratulations. Hats off to you for drafting him or picking him up early um, and ride this high, guys. Let's go ahead and move forward to another buy high candidate here. Brandon Yuke. He's been someone, Nate. We've highlighted a couple times on the Friday shows that we thought we're gonna was gonna have a really big week, and he never really kind of popped off like we thought he was going to. However, it happened in Week Six, boys. Eight for eleven, um, or eight of his eleven targets for eighty-three yards, two touchdowns, and twenty-eight point three PPR points. So he was kind of a weak winner here in Week Six. But can this repeat? He's now wide receiver twenty-five on the season. The Chiefs and the Rams up next for Young Ayuk. And then the bye week. So, are we buying or are we taking this as an opportunity to get out from under him?
1: I'm okay with buying him <clears throat> because or I selling him.
3: It's selling him. Sorry.
1: Oh, 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 I mean, I'm not selling him, I don't think. I think because he, if he's going to be someone that Jimmy Garoppolo likes and trusts, this offense is finally finding its identity in San Francisco to a point. But I think part of it's Brandon Ayuk. I think it's what we saw at the end of last season. They started to get comfortable with each other once Ayuk got out of the doghouse. I feel like this is something that's going to trend up. And if you if you've got him on your roster, unless you're you have other, if you have other needs, you need a high end running back. You need a tight end. You need a quarterback because of injury. But you're solid at wide receiver. Sell him because you're going to get a good return. But if you're solid everywhere else and he's one of your top two to three wide receivers, definitely just just hold him because he's going to keep doing this.
3: I think my issue on Ayuk and maybe holding him is that I would be a little bit concerned that. The 49ers game plan, Jimmy Garoppolo had over 40 attempts this week. That's not normal for them. So I think that number got a little bit inflated this week, and it's because their defense is kind of in shambles right now. No Nick Bosa. The secondary's banged up. I don't know the status on uh, Tredavious Ward. I I don't know how to say that first name. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, But I'm not sure the status on him. But regardless, I'm worried that this defense is going to get healthier and they're going to go back to – Let's pound the ground with Jeff Wilson, and let's win with defense. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm taking it as an opportunity to buy high Nate, but I understand what you're saying too. Like he's finally producing, so be happy with it, um, Scott. How do you feel about it?
2: Um, I mean, I love to see it. Like I was a big IU guy and got burned by him start of last season. So I love to, I love to see him succeed, even though I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, I'm not buying high on him though. I think right now is probably the worst time to buy him, just because he did have the two touchdowns. So, I mean, this this is the time where people who don't believe are going to be trying to sell high. Um, so, I mean, if you if you want to join that sell high, buy high, um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I'm I'm not doing it because I don't know how consistent this is going to be. And Seth, you brought up a really good point. They were in a negative game script against the all of a sudden potent Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I hate, um, I hate the
3: fucking Falcons. I'm sorry, dude.
2: They scored 28 points on 14 pass attempts. What the hell's going on? Anyway, they're
3: the, they're the worst team to try to project. Like, I, I just hate them. I, I I'm, I'm done. I just can't. Oh, even so do you it. didn't, you didn't start Michael Pruitt? Right, right, oh, yeah. You neither, yeah.
2: So you know, and I'm, the thing is, he does. You know, Kansas City, LA. I mean, LA is still fantasy points allowed the best matchup for wide receivers. They have been all season. Um, seems seems weird to say. I always have to double yeah. check the numbers. Yeah i so I'm like, wait, the Rams, it's true. Right. Um, so they've been, a, they've been a, you know, I mean, he's a hold for me. I'm not, I'm not necessarily trying to okay. sell high because I think he could have some more spike weeks, but I'm also not trying to buy high because I just, I don't trust consistency from him in that 49ers offense. That's so how, you have that's him how- good, good. He was, he was a good, he was a, where he was going in drafts. He was a value and now he's starting to show that.
3: Okay. Fair enough, Scott. Um, let's round it out here just quickly. We already kind of touched on it, but Robert Tunyon, he goes 10 for 12 in this one, sets a franchise Packers record, um ran a season high, 63% of snaps. If I have Robert Tunyon, I think I am trying to move him just because I don't want a part of this Packers offense. I don't know how much you're going to get because I think most people are probably in my camp. Obviously, you're holding him, you're playing him if you have him, if you need a tight end, because most of us do at this point, but if i can somehow move him for something of a little more value sustained value i will do it um nate are you on board with me of that as well
1: oh yeah i'm selling tanyan everywhere i have him if you if i'm in a league with you please send me send me an offer yeah i will i will sell tanyan do cut bait on this this offense is
2: a i'm in a league with i'm in a league with you nate where i had tanyan against you in tight, end premium. There- in tight end premium, one full PPR extra. It was, I looked at the score, he scored 29 <laughs> points. Um, yeah, I mean, I would try to, I don't think you're gonna get much based on this one game. I mean, Tanya to me is he's like the perfect, like you know, you've got three or four best ball tight ends on your bench. He's a great best ball tight end, but I just don't I don't know how much you're gonna get for him. I'm the the one league I have him in, it it's actually a dynasty league, and I'm just really, really strapped at tight end. So he was like the only one available. So I've just been rolling with him. You know what I mean? But I just don't, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to trust,
3: you know, it's tough to trust any individual player within this Packers passing game. I agree with you. And the funny thing about this game too, it's like the opposite of Robert Tunyon. A couple of years ago, when he had his breakout in 2020, he had just around, I think, 50, 55 receptions. He had 10 here. That's like 20% of what that yeah. 2020 season was. That year, he had like was. five
2: touchdowns per catch. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It, insane. So if you guys can get something out of Robert Tunnion, go ahead and do that. If not, just keep riding him, enjoy the highs. A um, couple questions here in the chat. Um, first, we have Eric popping in from Green Screens Media. Good to see you tonight, Eric. Appreciate hey, Eric. your support tonight. And we have DD asking in the chat, do we have any merchandise yet for sale? Would love a T-shirt to support you and your channel. This Didi, makes- this is totally on me. We have merchandise. I just have not put it on the site yet. So uh, I got to edit it's a couple sad. of photos. I know. I know. The, the season came quickly. We got The some shirts options. are
1: stupid comfortable, by the way. They, this one they, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like the
3: most comfortable shirt ever i i completely agree um those listening to the audio version of, of this uh, of this show scott's wearing it so he can definitely attest to it but Didi, i will make sure we get those out soon so you can get them if you guys want to get your spouses one significant others one for christmas a holiday coming up uh we'll make sure we have those ready for the holidays my apologies that the season came quick and uh slacked a little bit on that one but we'll make sure we get those out to you guys soon guys they're
1: great gifts for your grandparents your cousins nephews, your next-door neighbor. Tell you what, if Seth can get them on the site, buy them and give them out for Halloween to trick-or-treaters.
2: Your, your, <laughs> your league mates.
3: You yeah, send it you, to
1: your league mates,
3: yeah. There you go. All right, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and move forward here with some buy low candidates. Aaron Jones, another Packer, tops this list, guys. Who would have thought in here? Goes 9 for 19 versus the Jets. Weird game script from them. My Frisky Jets went into Lambo, absolutely Knocked the shit out of these Packers. Three for four um, for Aaron Jones, 25 yards. But he's just not doing what we thought maybe he could do. The ceiling's not there right now. He's failed to reach 11 PPR points in four of six games. He's only He hasn't scored any TDs outside of week two. Like That's the other thing, too. He's been abysmal. A- and as we mentioned, the schedule is brutal coming up, guys. Washington, Buffalo, those are teams that I don't really want to play my running backs against. Detroit's awesome, but I don't know what we're going to get f- from him or A.J. Dillon in that one. I was wrong about A.J. Dillon. I thought maybe we could see these struggles from Aaron Jones, but I thought it would be more because A.J. Dillon was hogging up some work. They both stink. They're both not getting enough work, I think, is a lot of it too. The Packers' offensive line stinks. David Baccalari can't, can't stay healthy, and it's just a mess here. I'm not buying low on Aaron Jones, if, if that's any indication. Nate, are, are you – interested this is a guy that's been a rb1 for a couple seasons in a row now
1: you know i don't think i am i i don't have much aaron jones shares in fantasy across 26 leagues because i felt like this was coming what i didn't see and what you said seth was aj dylan hasn't done anything it's like that meme with the guy with the stick, like, do something. Yeah. Look so, the thing, do something. I think that's how everybody who drafted A.J. Dillon where we got him. That's what we're thinking. But the, the thing is, is that they're in a position where they're needing to score points for 60 minutes. It's not, okay, so the first half, you know, we put up 24 points and we're up 24 to 3. Now we can run the ball in the second half which is where we saw A.J. Dillon holding value last season.
3: That's a very good point. Very that's good not point happening point. Yeah. this
1: season. And with Aaron Jones, I don't know what's going on, but it's like him, maybe he needs to take some ayahuasca to get back in sync with Aaron Rodgers because there's something just there's just not clicking there.
3: I mean, my thing is that he's only getting like 13, 14 touches a game. And that's just absurd for a guy of his talent. Like I get A.J. Dillon's there, but A.J. Dillon isn't getting that many touches each game too. And no. in like... It just doesn't make sense when you look around the you know the league and you see Caleb Huntley getting 15 carries a game or Tyler Algier getting 15 touches a game. It's just absurd. So, Scott, any hope for Aaron Jones? Would you buy low on him right now? Because I think managers are god-awfully peeved off with him outside of that week two performance. The problem is I would probably just
2: on the off chance something clicks or – you know, those spike weeks can win you, can win you your week. I I might try because of that, but he's still Aaron Jones. You're not, I'm never going to be able to get him for what I'm willing to pay for. You know what I mean? Because he's still, I mean, week two wasn't that long ago and most people are gonna be like, no, he's Aaron Jones. Like I'm not giving up. I'm not giving him up for that. But like, I'm not willing to pay that much at this point because it just, the situation, I mean, I still think he's a really talented running back. Like that's not cha- That hasn't changed. I still think that about AJ Dillon too, but I just think the situation is just killing everybody's fantasy value in that in, in green Bay. Um, I mean, you know, Dylan, he still has dominated the running back attempts this season. You know, he, he, Certainly. he passed Aaron Jones last year in that respect, just rush attempts, raw, you know, rush attempts. And he's, I think he's around 12 or so a game. Um, but you know, neither are getting the work. And part of the reason for that is
3: they're not playing with many leads. Yep. I, I agree with you. Um, sounds like we're not interested in acquiring Aaron Jones for still what the face value is going to be because of the name. Let's move I will forward say to real quick in yep. dynasty. I would
2: AJ Dillon is somebody I would be trying to buy low on if somebody's taking this too
3: seriously for yeah. the long-term view. agree on that. James Robinson in Jacksonville. He's another prime buy low candidate, possibly. 12 for 54, one reception this week, though. This is three straight games, guys, under 10, 10 PPR points for Robinson. Giants, Denver, Las Vegas, Kansas City, and then the buy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those aren't great matchups, boys. Those are not great matchups for James Robinson. And Nate, I think we have to hold ourselves accountable a couple weeks ago. When he was on that hot streak, he was one of the running backs we said to not sell high on. And I think we might have egg on our face because Travis EtN's looking really good. And I mean, we even see Jamichael Hasty getting a little bit of work that he ripped off a gainer here this weekend. So with all that said, though, I think there's still some upside there in James Robinson that depending how your manager is feeling, I wouldn't mind sending out an offer d- depending what the price is. Nate, do you feel any different on that?
1: I do, because I think we're going to continue to see his usage dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Doug Peterson is easing Etienne in, which is smart. And Doug Peterson's a smart coach. We should have seen this coming. Robinson was going to be the bell cow to start the season. I don't think that Robinson plays in Jacksonville next season. I think they'd probably move him because Etienne has taken over the lead back role by end of season. At this point, I'm selling James Robinson if I can, if I have him rostered for whatever I can get for him. He's borderline not startable. I'm not saying he's droppable, but he's week to week, depending on most weeks, he's not going to be startable.
3: He's still getting around 13, 14 touches a game, I think is the only argument to maybe have some faith here. Maybe Jacksonville can get in some better game scripts as well. He he hasn't popped off a, a big run here lately. But Scott, do you have any confidence? I mean, that is 13, 14 touches a game that a running back's getting, which is hard to come by nowadays.
2: Yeah, I fall more in the boat where I'm not, I'm not trying to acquire James Robinson. Um, I don't think that 13 to 14... 14- Touches a game is you know is not to be ignored, but I don't think it's going to stay there. Um, I'll have an article coming out later this week for fantasy data. I've been look, showing the opportunity share trends um, over the course of the season, and mm-hmm. I mean ETN and James Robinson are crossing right now. Um, last two games, ETN's been right around thirteen touches a game, but the difference is is he's been over a hundred. He's been over a hundred yards if you combine receiving and rushing yards in each game. The last two games, he's 10 for 71 yards rushing and 10 for 86. I mean, he's starting to show that explosive dynamic ability he has. Um, You know, I don't think it's ever going to be ETN getting 26 carries a game. You know, I don't think Robinson goes completely away, but I think this sea change is happening and I, you know, I could be wrong, um, but that is the way the trend is looking. So I'm not
3: interested in James Robinson right now. I think the okay. window to sell high, it, it has passed. I I am interested in acquiring for a low, lower price. If I can get him, if the manager is panicking, just like as a running back death piece, like I'm not, I'm not going out and spending a, a crazy uh, amount of capital on him. But if I have, you know, maybe two good quarterbacks and I can throw in like a, a low end wide receiver three low end wide receiver four, maybe go after him. I would consider that. I just think there's going to be somewhat of a bounce back here in Jacksonville. After this stretch, it could get a little bit easier for them, um, but I understand where you guys are coming from. I, I think he's a depth running back in RB, low-end RB3 at this point. Let's move forward here quickly. CEH, C-E-H. Um, two, straight, uh, two straight performances for him under seven PPR points. So not awesome to see that from CEH. San Francisco, a bye, Tennessee, and Jacksonville next on the slate for him. This is one we all kind of jumped and said he's the ultimate sell high candidate. Are we trying to buy now that the 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 dip that we all thought was coming has came because Jarrett McKinnon is getting a lot of run, Pacheco's getting a lot of run. Nate's raising his hand. He's in teacher. Do not
1: buy CEH low. Don't do it. This is what he was destined for. This is an offense where Isaiah Pacheco was bound to take over. He's an electric, speedy playmaker with bust-out potential. He's a, The guy can break tackles. He can move across the field. C.H. is irrelevant. Wow. Not, I mean, not, not irrelevant. He still has value if you play in a league where you have to start four running backs.
3: Scott, <laughs> do you feel any better about C.H.? It seems like a lot of people are kind of thinking that those three touchdowns earlier is what propped up his value so high, and if you didn't get out of him then maybe you're feeling a little bit burnt right now. Got one called back last week too. So keep that in mind, but Scott, any thoughts on CAH? Um I
2: don't think I'm quite as down as Nate, but I'm not, he's, he's not a player I'm trying to buy low on. No. Um, I don't necessarily think Isaiah Pacheco is going to, is going to bust out and just be the primary back for the chiefs, but they also have Jarek McKinnon and you just never really know where the ball is going to go when it comes to the chiefs running backs. So, you know, really edwards team. really. Yeah, edwards, this is a, it's other a than wide Kelsey. receiver problem, too. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, but... But Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, he started off hot. Largely, I mean, you, you, can't, you can't necessarily knock somebody because they scored touchdowns. We want our fantasy players to score touchdowns. But you have to recognize that when you look after three weeks and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the RB5, that that is because he scored a bunch of touchdowns and he's not going to continue to do that all year. So... I, you know, I look at the stat line from this past game, nine rushes for 33 yards, no targets. Like that's just, again, that's also not going to be every single game, but yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to start somebody where that could be the, you know, in my running back slot where that's, where that's a possibility where that is, you know, and it's, and it was nine for 15 rushing yards the week before. So
3: too volatile for me. Um, You know, I don't have any interest. Rounded out here with mike evans four for 42 here against pittsburgh's devastated secondary didn't have their top three cornerbacks in this no minka fitzpatrick and right now it looks a little desolate for mike evans 12 targets over the last two weeks to chris godwin's 18 carolina baltimore los angeles seattle and a bye so no secondaries that really scare you at all really plus matchups coming up from mike evans here I am absolutely hammering down the buy low on Mike Evans if someone's panicking because Mike Evans is going to get some touchdowns. He's not like Clyde edwards you where you cannot predict him. He's got some positive regression coming, I think, in that area. I think Brady's going to get back on track here. I think the biggest issue has been the offensive line has not protected Brady to get the ball downfield lately to Evans, find him in the red zone when needed. So I am buying low on Mike Evans. I'm not going to go overpay for him because I do think there's still some issues to be solved here in Tampa Bay. Uh, Scott, are you joining me buying Mike Evans low though?
2: Yes. Um, Death taxes. And if you ever have an opportunity to buy low on Mike Evans, you buy low on Mike Evans. Here's the deal with Mike Evans. He's had a couple of, a couple of down games. He had a couple of smash games. That is Mike Evans. That's what Mike Evans does. Last year, he was a wide receiver one, 25% of the weeks. Um, Whereas Cooper cup was a wide receiver one an ungodly like 90% of the weeks. Anyway, point being is that this, this is what he does. He goes quiet. Um, at times it's the same thing. Basically it's very similar with Gabriel Davis on the bills. Yeah. Very similar with Mike Williams on the chargers. Um, they're going to have big weeks. They're going to have big weeks. A lot of times that will involve a touchdown. Um, but they will also have these off weeks. So this this isn't this isn't some for me. It's not some sign of Godwin's back. Brady's fallen off a bit, and Evans is just going to shit. I, that's not how I see it. I see it as yes,
3: if you can buy low on Mike Evans, buy low. Nate, any further thoughts here on Mike Evans? Or are you with us to buy low on him as well?
1: Buy low with caution. We, I mean, yep. Just yep. Have to remember that Tom Brady's forty five and he could be falling off a shelf, but we don't know for sure.
3: His offensive line sucks. I, I think yeah. that's part of it too. But yeah, nah, I agree with you guys. Let's go ahead and get into some in the scope waiver wires are running here in just a little bit. So let's get people prepped for that. Requesting permission
0: to engage in the
3: scope. In the scope, who do you need off the waiver wires, and more importantly? Who do you need to be getting tomorrow after waiver wires run so we can save you guys some fab, some free agent dollars? Um, We're going to tell you that right now. And let's go through the mainstream pickup pickups. And we're not going to spend too much time on these guys. It looks like if you need a quarterback this week, it's Daniel Jones, guys. He's rostered in 27.3% of ESPN leagues right now, and he was my in-the-scope candidate last week. So I picked him up in a lot of leagues. I held him because he has some really plus matchups coming up. I hope uh, hope you tuned in for that one. I hope you read the article on the website. Um, if you did, you saved a little bit of fab. Latavius Murray, Nate, you highlighted him a couple weeks ago in your column that Latavius could have a little more role, and you were adamant last week on the podcast to me about it that you thought this could be a Latavius backfield, um, or at least have a part in it. And Melvin Gordon is ticked off. And, and I don't know what's going on there, but it looks like Latavius might have a big share of this backfield, Nate.
1: It does. Uh, I don't know what, nobody knows what Melvin Gordon did. It's a mystery. So, but Latavius Murray's getting the work. And that's all I you mean, need to know. I don't
3: think Melvin knows what he did. Obviously. No, he
1: said today he doesn't know. Yeah. He was asked by the press. He says, I, your guess is as good as mine. So I guess yeah. it's, it's Murray going forward.
3: He had a really sad interview after the game, too. It was against the Chargers, his former team. So, he, you know, he was really bummed out about it and saw them losing the way they did, and they could have used Melvin, and he said that. Um, Kenny and Drake, 3.2% rostered here. J.K. Dobbins is injured. I don't really know the full extent of that as of now, um, but Kenny and Drake might be someone to roster short-term. If you need someone short-term these next couple of weeks, Gus will be back eventually. Justice Hill will be back. So, uh, Kenny and Drake might go by the wayside. Cam Akers could be on the team. We don't really know. But if you need someone to roster, keep him in mind. Nate, you highlighted him earlier in the in the year too. Uh, Might have been a little early, but you still you know put him on people's radar early. And then Alec Pierce, Scott. This was a guy you highlighted in week one for In the Scope as someone you liked as a potential season-long play. And Alec Pierce, he's come to play these last couple of weeks, provided very serviceable fantasy numbers. He's beat me up in a couple of leagues I was playing against him thinking, Oh, maybe, maybe he doesn't, you know, regresses to the mean a little bit. Doesn't happen. He's available in over 75% of leagues. Are you pouncing on him, Scott? If he's still out there. If he's the still out life?
2: there. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, you know, I, I would say 10 shallower 10 team leagues. It's not necessarily as much of a slam dunk, but I mean, in, in most of my leagues, I already have him, you know, cause I was, you know, you said I like him. So I have him everywhere. Um, and he is, turning into this week, particularly a great bye week fill in for the, for the, for the receivers who are on bye this week. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, unfortunately Ashton Dolan was put on IR. Um, I mean, even Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell had a, had a nice little game for himself. Another player I've been rooting for to succeed for years, it seems. Um, But I mean, Matt Ryan threw it almost 60 times. So, you know, I don't know if this is when Jonathan Taylor comes back. I don't know if this type of game script will play out. But he's involved. He's, I think, he has solidified himself as that wide receiver too, next to Michael Pittman, and that was that was why I liked him because I thought he could take that. Um, so yeah, I think he's a he's a
3: if, he, if he's there, grab him. Okay, and we have a question here in the chat from Albert: Should we be dropping Deion Jackson? Deion Jackson had the very big game here against the Colts and he was someone I was surprised that people weren't grabbing off of waivers last week I got him for free um off free agency the day after right now Albert the severity of the injury is unknown so I would be keeping him through this waiver run if I can afford it if I have to drop him I guess I I will drop him Jonathan Taylor though might be back here in the next week or two but I think Deion Jackson has earned some type of role in this backfield they're going to want to keep Taylor fresh now that they do have some type of shot at the playoffs, um, at the postseason. There, so I'm not drapping, dropping, dropping Dion Jackson. I don't think you guys are either, unless I have to right now.
2: No, because I mean that was the that was the. Uh, I, I agree. I couldn't believe he was still available in a few leagues, especially when Naheem Hines was ruled out. When Hines and Taylor were ruled out, I mean Deion Jackson should have been scooped up on every single. And I mean he balled out too. So I mean even with Taylor back, I mean he showed he can he can catch passes as a running back. Um so I mean it could be Na- Naheem Hines role that's in jeopardy. So if I yeah. if I was able to pick him up you know unless I just have to replace that bench spot with something else I'm keeping him.
3: Rondale Moore folks over for the Arizona Cardinals we kind of talked about him a little bit already so I won't touch on him but he's someone who that should be on your fantasy rosters if you need a wide receiver. And then down at 0.6% rostered a guy, Nate, called out last week as his in-the-scope candidate. I love to see it when it happened. Taekwon Thornton came out for the New England Patriots and had a very explosive game, two touchdowns. Nate, you crushed on this one, my friend. Take yeah. a bow. Nice call. Tyquan, Debo, 20 PPR
1: points. Yes. Yep. Wide yep. receiver, eight on the week. Look, this is just going to continue. You know why it's going to continue? Because he profiles like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker. And those are guys that, regardless of quarterback, Bill Belichick loves. He loves that sneaky slot guy that can sneak in between but can get deep as well, which is what Taekwon does well. That's why they took him in the second round. People thought they were crazy for drafting him that early. They needed this type of receiver for this offense. They didn't have it.
3: He's making a difference. The New England offense with him and Bailey zipped the ball in there. Zappy have been great lately. So we hope to see that continue. Let's get into the meat of this segment, though, and the the in-the-scope targets. This is where we make our bread and butter, boys. This is why people come to this show, I think, every week, is to hear this. How can you get ahead on your league mates? Before we jump in there, we do have a quick question. I do want to address this from Nick. First time seeing Nick in the chat. What's up, Nick? Hope you're having a great Tuesday evening. Thanks for making us a part of it. Pick two, DJ Moore, Thornton, or Alec Pierce. Nick, are these to start or to roster? I think either way. Probably to start. Okay, to, to start. Uh, Nick's going to make us say it, isn't he? I, I'm absolutely benching DJ Moore. You can't yeah, play maybe, DJ Moore. Oh, no. It's,
1: it's not even a question, yeah.
3: right? Yeah, no.
2: it's. I'm not yeah. playing DJ Moore until something changes in Carolina.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Until Ben McAdoo's out of the picture there, Nick, I don't think you can play DJ Moore. Thornton has what more a, upside. What a freaking
2: world, though, that we're getting this question and answering the way we are. Right. Two rookie like,
3: wide receivers, week six. Oh, he's saying to roster here. He's saying to roster. Oh, to roster. Okay. Oh, same answer. I okay. Oh no, no. This is the only way reason I'm gonna say don't drop DJ Moore yet, is because he could get traded in the next couple weeks. There is a chance maybe he doesn't, but I I would like DJ Moore on another team, and I despise DJ Moore. He's against the brand here. Um, but if he goes to another good situation, maybe the Packers, um, another team that needs wide receiver help, Baltimore, I would be interested in him, Nick. So uh I I'd keep DJ Moore. Don't at this point, don't pick up Thornton, I guess, because he still might be there next week too. That's what I was gonna
2: say. It depends on the, the size of the league, but Thornton, I probably wouldn't and if anything, I mean, even DJ Moore still has some name value to where you might be able to trade him for something. I
3: That's saw. A fair point. I saw him trade pa- it. Package it yes. for
2: some sort of two-for-one, then pick up Thornton. You know what I yep.
3: mean? Yeah, I like that idea right there. Nick, thanks for the question, man. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Hope you subscribe and come back to the channel here when you need some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy sports advice. Let's talk some in-the-scope targets, though. Again, th- these are the guys you can pick up after Waiver's run tomorrow um, or spend a very little amount of fab tonight on these players. And, Scott, why don't you pick, uh, kick it off for us here, friend?
2: Well, I see in the chat, I'm going to be answering Albert's question. So my in the scope player this week is New York Giants, Wandale Robinson. Um, He is somebody that could, you know, I don't know if he's still going to be available after waivers run. You know, he did. He scored a touchdown. He's a rookie. He scored a touchdown. And a lot of times when people are looking at waivers, they look at that score from the previous week and he might be appealing. But he's like on ESPN, he's like a 6.6% roster ship right now. So it's way down there. He's just coming back from the knee injury that, you know, it was his first game of the season, first game of his career, you know, four catches, I think it was four targets, 37 yards and a touchdown. So, not you know, it wasn't some, you know, break the bank type of game. But, you know, I just think he had and he had a stellar rookie um, a receiving profile in college. Just just hit all the marks. Much like Rondale Moore, it's his size that a lot of people, you know, knocked him for. He's not very tall. He's not very big, but I think he's going to thrive. I, I mean, the Giants, another surprise team this year, you know, another team that's five and one Daniel Jones has been playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kadarius, Tony, I don't know if maybe all his limbs just fell off or something. I'm not really sure, but I'm replacing. Cause I, I loved Kadarius, Tony coming into this year. I'm replacing that now and I'm going to shift it over to Wandale Robinson cuz I think I think he's a, I think he's a good pickup right now. I don't think he's going to be on waivers for much longer.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you here Scott. The only thing I'm a little hesitant about is last week so I, I don't remember maybe it was Nate, maybe it was your column you highlighted Darius Slate and like it's just a game of musical chairs with these giants wide receivers. The matchups are better as we've kind of talked about with Danny Dimes here coming up, so I think if you need a play coming up it's it's not a bad one. I just my, I got part of part of, of
2: my like you know beat the waiver wire aspect here is it has been that way up until now with the Giants, but I think Wandale is a talented receiver and it's not going to stay that way. He's going to become a focal point.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm with Scott on this.
2: They just they haven't had a good enough. Re- and I mean, Shepard was going to be that guy, and then unfortunately he got hurt. Tony hasn't seen the field. Slayton had you know he's missed a few games. So I mean, it's in Richie James was had 15 minutes of fame and now he's yeah. gone um but like you know they just they haven't had they haven't had the resource to be able to not play musical chairs and now i think they do
3: you're 100 right there scott i appreciate that call there we got dd here in the chat welcoming nick to the channel nick welcome to the oh, ibt nick. family man we have the best between dd albert uh everyone who watches on a consistent basis man we do have the best family so guys welcome into the channel we hope you subscribe hang around with us for that feel good lifestyle advice and your fantasy sports dose as well nate why don't you take it home for us with uh with your in the scope candidate and i say this because i know it's one of your hometown friends here
1: it is, sir. And I think you made fun of, was it last week or the week before? For you're always about I'm all about tight ends. Like, why do I love tight ends so much? And I'll tell you why. Because this is the most difficult position to roster and start and grade in fantasy football if you're not playing IDP. It's true. The landscape is horrible. If you missed out on Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, you're probably streaming tight ends. And I think I said also the true. same, I think I said the same thing last week. So this week, we had a new emergence, something I'm very excited about for my hometown Broncos, Mr. Greg Dulcich out of UCLA. Um, They liked him so much that they took him in the third round when they already had Albert Aquabonham and, at the time, Noah Fant. They had not made the Russell Wilson trade yet. And they made Albert Aquabonum inactive on Monday. They handed it to Dulcich. Four targets, three catches, and he had like 37-ish yards, 44 yards, but he had that dramatic first-quarter touchdown where he was wide open and he stomped down the field. I put out an all-caps tweet, excited about it. He saw a 71% snapshot in his NFL debut, guys. 71%.
3: That's an awesome number. I agree, Nate. I was called. That's,
1: that's a big deal for an offense that is struggling to find its identity right now. If this team is going to get it figured out, they're going to need to do it through different means. One of those is Dulcich, who is an incredibly talented tight end that presents a lot of matchup problems for defenses. And we know he can handle volume because he did it at UCLA in his senior season last year. The injury was concerning to start the career, but he looked hundred percent healthy to me. He's rostered in what was it, 0.6% of ESPN leagues. So he's available in your league guys. He is available in your league. And if you're looking for a solid tight end option, I mean, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. And I think it's something that Russ will exploit.
3: We have uh, Eric in the chat saying, question, why do all the Broncos tight ends look the same? <laughs> is that why Albert o got benched? And I, I will give this one to Eric, man. They are h- hard to tell between yes, him and Drew. Is Andrew Beck a wide receiver, or a tight end? I, I don't know what he plays specifically um but I'm pretty sure he's a tight end tight okay, end. okay. I, I i can never tell but uh yeah it, it good to good to see that call from you nate i i thought i thought of you when he scored because i know we had talked about him before and yeah he's an exciting player and the broncos obviously like him enough to inactivate albert O and activate him and give him you know 70 plus percent of the snap so liking greg dolchich uh i wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the top pickups here next week nate um I'll round us out then, guys, with uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be my target. And normally we do this in a way to kind of give you almost a stash, maybe for a week coming up. Um, But this is a guy I think you can pick up off of free agency tomorrow after Weaver's run and play him this week initially if you need a play the Vikings, the Rams, a lot of fantasy-friendly teams' bills are on by this week. So you're going to need wide receivers. No Gabe Davis, no Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. If you have one of those players, you need a spot start here. DPJ is interesting. It's not a super sexy play, but he has scored nine PPR points in four of six games here. He is top 36 amongst wide receiver in target share, top 25 in snap share, so he's seeing the field, he's getting the targets, and he's top 12 in consistent and contested catch rate as well. So he's making the most of those hard to catch opportunities. And I'm liking what he's doing. Like, like the Browns' game plan when they can stick to it is kind of appealing. It's handed off to Nick Chubb, handed off to Nick Chubb. Let's hit a bootleg down the field for 25 to DPJ or Amari Cooper. Right now, I mean, again, it's not incredible, but he has a 10.7 expected fantasy points per game total meaning there should be some positive regression coming. He should get in the end zone here soon. So I like him this week against the Ravens, guys. Third best matchups for fantasy wide receivers. I'm expecting those big plays off the bootlegs. I think one comes to fruition against this Ravens secondary that can't stop the big play. So, guys, I'm in on DPJ. I most highlighted him last week. That's how much I liked him. And I've been riding with him as my wide receiver, two and Scott Fishbowl for a couple of weeks. So uh, I like me some DPJ.
1: I like him too. His boom potential is fantastic, and you can almost see the weeks when it's going to happen. Like Carolina's got a not awful secondary, but middle of the road that you can exploit on the deep ball. He had ten points. Atlanta secondary not great. Ten points. New England secondary much better. Still had eleven points. So I think this is a guy, Seth. He's a great. You can get him for nothing. Great spot start, and who knows when Deshaun Watson comes back. I mean, that, that deep ball becomes more prevalent in that offense, almost de facto at that
2: point. I like the call to uh, Cleveland, you know, he, he kinda, you kind of, you look at the overall season and just with their record, it just seems like same old Cleveland, but I mean, and, oh, they just give it to Nick Chubb, but they've scored over 24 points a game. They pass it about 35 times a game. Like there's, there's offense happening in Cleveland. It just might not be pretty. And so I think that runs, you know, through the air, that's going to run through Cooper people's Jones and Ajoku, And that's, you know, with some cream hunt sprinkled in. Right. Um, So, and then, yeah, I mean, say what you want about it, Sean Watson, but he's coming back and all the, all the entire offenses stock is going to rise at that time. It's still a little ways away. Um, But I think people's Jones is probably one of those guys. You could let waivers run and yep. grab, or just put a few bucks out. I don't think you need to do much more than that. Agreed. Um, But yeah. And I mean, he provides exactly what we've been talking about. I mean, he's not going to go out there and be a wide receiver one, but he's going to, he's going to have some boom weeks for you.
3: Certainly agreed with you guys. Let's get to this question here in the chat from Bap Jap. What's up, Bap Jap. Welcome to the IBT family. Appreciate you tuning in today. Said I just traded Darren Waller tight end for Daryl Henderson, Jr. Did I win this trade? Haven't been impressed overall with Waller. He's in a competitive league with some extended family through ESPN. Well, Awesome that you and your family are getting together. Uh, love the ESPN app as always on there. I think it depends what you needed. I, I don't think there's a winner or a loser to this trade. Darren Waller could come out this second half of the season and start lighting it up like we thought he was going to earlier in the season. I still think Adams is going to be the primary target. So Waller is not going to be what he was the last couple years. Henderson Jr. Is is Henderson Jr. He, he's not a flashy running back, but at this point without Cam Akers, he's a solid play. So, I don't think there's a winner or a loser. If you needed a running back and you have another option at tight end, I, I don't hate it. Um, do you boys have any thoughts on this trade here for Jap?
2: I would say, yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. Like as far as where both these players are right now, um, you know, if you need, if you needed an RB, if you needed some RB help and you have another option at tight end, I think it's a pretty fair trade. Um, I mean, at the start of the season, obviously it would not have seemed very fair Waller's side, but he has not done much outside of one game. Um, and now the whole thing with Cam Akers, you know, it's, it's not, it's not clear exactly what the Rams are going to be doing, but chances are Henderson is going to be seeing quite a bit of work. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a fair trade.
3: Nate, you went Same. on that too?
1: Yep. You guys said everything I would have said.
3: Yeah, I, I would honestly like rest the season if if we were redrafting right now. I think they'd go in a similar range. So yeah, no harm, no foul there, Bapchap. Do what you got to do to make your uh, team team better. And a, as Josh Fuster told us on Friday, Nate, trade makes fantasy trading makes fantasy fun. So uh, sure sh- keep that in mind. I traded for Hollywood last week. <laughs> okay, that's the one time trading does not make fantasy fun. We appreciate your question, Bapchap. Hope you uh, subscribe and come back to the channel. Guys, let's round it out here with a fun segment we haven't done in a long time, but it's the old classic game of would you rather. Risky business or rest
0: say are you that hard on yourself or chilling with a cold one? one, a home back. Would you rather?
3: What's up, guys? All right, we are back here for some Would You Rather. Today, we've got our audio host, Kyle, in the front end today to lead this debate. Kyle, how you doing this evening, man? You bringing the fire tonight?
0: Oh, well, you can just call me Diggable Planets because it's good to be here, Jim. Happy to be here. Happy to be in front of the camera for once. It's going to be a good time.
3: Let's go, man. Excited. Dude, I love
1: you.
0: the shout out to the mid-90s hip-hop, man. I love it. And the, and the sweatshirt.
2: I also love the sweatshirt, by the way.
1: Well, you. obviously, Scott. Yeah. Well,
3: you know, I mean. So, guys, tonight we're going to be doing a fall delicacy debate. We're going to kind of talk about different stuff about the fall season. We like, we don't like. If you guys have any uh, any thoughts, any feedback on this segment, like let us know what you think. I see Dee, Dee in the chat. I know she's a great cook. So some of it will be drink talk. Um, some of it will be different fall activity talk. So let us know in the chat what's going on, what you guys think. Um, Kyle, why don't you kick us off? You are now the host, and we are just your uh, your answer machines here.
0: All right. Well, the first question is, would you rather get rid of pumpkin-infused beverages or apple-infused beverages for the fall? Now, personally, I think that pumpkin spice makes everything nice, but there's nothing wrong with a little apple cider every now and then.
3: Whew. Okay. So, boys... We, we got to throw out the options first. Like When we're thinking pumpkin-infused drinks, we got pumpkin beers, we got pumpkin lattes. Is there another pumpkin drink I'm missing here? There shouldn't be. There shouldn't be any. Okay. No, I
2: think that's about it. I mean, I think on the alcoholic side, you have the pumpkin beer. On the non-alcoholic side, you have the
3: pumpkin spice lattes. And, and then on the apples, apples, we're getting ciders. We're getting bush light apples. Any, you know, any of that other stuff kind of, I I think that all kind of some of those fall mixed drinks that people make with the apple drinks as well. So
1: give me uh, apple, give me all of the apple and give me none of the pumpkin. Okay. So you could get rid
3: of pumpkin. Get rid of pumpkin. Okay. Okay. Didi, Didi, Eric in the chat, they're agreeing with you guys. Didi saying throw that pumpkin out.
2: Yeah. For me, I mean, alcohol is not part of my life, so it makes it a little bit easier for me. I would much rather have some nice apple cider than a pumpkin latte. I'll tell you that I do. I will say this time of year, I do like um, putting some nice organic, fresh eggnog in my coffee. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that here and there, but pumpkin. No, thank you. No, thanks. Okay.
3: I, I like a pumpkin beer. Don't get me wrong, but pumpkin beers are, are some of those beers that are like, you have three or four and you are you're almost like too tuned up like i've gotten too tuned up off pumpkin beer kyle you can you can attest to that from our college yeah. days buddy um Is that it? too tuned up uh, no never yeah. never watch your holiday Scott, were you at the
1: expo or not yeah i was
3: do did
2: you already forget i was there no i remember.
3: <laughs> Well, yeah, a couple a couple more weeks, guys. We'll have our holiday stream around Christmas time, so you guys can see me get a little tuned up on yeah, camera it's with coming you. Coming so um, fast. I agree with you guys though. I like the pumpkin beers, but I can't I can't live without the Bushlight apples. They are going to be going away soon, so I will be sad of that. But apple cider, love all that stuff as well. Um, Kyle, won't we go ahead and move forward here? It looks like the consensus from the IBT family, from uh, us here on the show, is get rid of the pumpkin beers and other drinks. Yeah, I-
0: I'd honestly have to agree. I think pumpkin beer is disgusting. So. Me too. Our next, our next, <laughs> would you rather is gonna be more football oriented. Would you rather have Tua or Dak rest the season? Now, for a refresher, Dak Prescott broke his thumb, and Tua has a skull full of brain soup.
3: So, <laughs> geez, very, um, very nicely <laughs> put, uh, very well put there, Kyle. Uh, Nate, I'll let you take this one first, my friend.
1: I I like Tua's upside. If he if his brain unsoups itself, I think he has far <laughs> higher upside. If it doesn't unsoup himself, itself, I mean, Dak Prescott's obviously the answer here, but it, for me, it's Tua.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, God, what a weird season it is. If they're both healthy, I'm probably rolling with Tua. Real quick, just real quick, speaking of Dak Prescott, Check your waivers in case somebody dropped him a while back. I'm in mean, one of my home leagues, somebody did, and I didn't even notice it till today, and he's sitting there. So just check. Jump. Sometimes people do that. But Atua is my answer.
3: I'm in consensus with you guys. DD is as well to, uh, it's just the upside. It's more wide receivers that, that can create explosive plays between Waddle, Kasicki, and Tyreek Hill. Um, the, the Cowboys offense hasn't been super inspiring with, uh, with Cooper rush and, and Dax is an injury that could like, obviously Tua's could linger. And if he gets hit one more time, he's probably done for the season. However, Dax is something that could actually affect his throwing when he comes back. So I, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, Kyle, any thoughts on this? Uh, I gave my thoughts, and you know, I
0: you probably don't really want my input anyway. Okay,
3: okay. Kyle saying hashtag non-analyst. He's not trying to get uh, not trying to get any mean DMs this week for uh, telling people to pick up (laughs) Dak. I love it, Kyle. Let's move forward. Receipts, Twitter. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So back to fall being fun. Would you guys rather get rid of Halloween parties? Thanksgiving dinner or football tailgates what that is a that's a tough one
1: I'm gonna go with Halloween parties just to get it out there because nothing good comes from an adult Halloween party
3: I I agree on that one Nate I I agree Kyle I know you you get tuned up at Halloween parties too you know that my friend. Yes, I do yes that, that- my uh yeah my pumpkin beer is is your halloween party my friend um didi in the chat saying thanksgiving dinner i like thanksgiving i like see like i don't get to see my family a ton so like i kind of like getting back with them getting you know having a whole day of football food all that good stuff i'm with nate on this i'm getting rid of halloween parties um i love my tailgates too much love thanksgiving dinner uh halloween's fun and all but I like the the idea of Halloween and the season of Halloween more than actually getting dressed up, going to a party. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's where I fall on this. Like if we're talking, which, which holiday do I like better? Like I'm a Halloween guy. Like our kids are super into Halloween. I love Halloween. I I love what time of year it is right in the middle of football season. And I mean, Thanksgiving dinner is delicious because it's a lot of food, but like relatively speaking, compared to other foods that are out there, it's not my favorite foods. It's just the foods you make. Um, but if we're talking specifically Halloween party, yeah, I'm gonna choose to
3: get rid of that. Halloween in general, though, I love. Agreed, love the season, love spooky season. Kyle, any thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, I I would personally get rid of Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I think Halloween parties are fun. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, uh, as you know. But tailgates, I mean. Some I know I know some uh Detroit Lions fans would rather be going to a football tailgate <laughs> than a Thanksgiving dinner, you know certainly certainly and well,
1: that's fair that's
0: true. they always play on Thanksgiving certainly kind of disappointing because it's just a uh, Christmas dinner, but not as good
3: i i oh okay i we got DD in the chat did, that's Didi. a good point right yeah, there did. if you're good one
2: cooking Thanksgiving dinner, you probably have a different answer here.
3: Yes. And, and DeeDee saying for the audio listeners, I'm just cooking for days, LOL and love Halloween. And that's like the truth. Like even Katie's mom takes off like one or two days before Thanksgiving, like it takes her hard-earned PTO days to literally get this prep. So I think there's a lot of stress that comes with Thanksgiving. So I completely understand why anyone would want to do away with that. Certainly. It's a good question though. Yeah. All right.
0: out, <laughs> finally. Uh, <laughs> final question is, uh, would you rather do a cringy couples costume or go bobbing for apples? Uh, that is. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> two options I, I have
2: never, I have never bobbed for apples. Are you serious? I'm in my entire life. Wow. No, I don't think I, maybe I have. I think bobbing for apples, you know, that's like you do it and then it's over. The cringy couples costume is like the whole night. Um, It would depend on the cringy couples costume. Like my wife and I have dressed up different, like funny things from movies. Like, have you guys seen Super Troopers?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Do you remember
2: when they meet in the bar, disguised as bikers, and one comes as like a bicycle racer and one comes as like a Harley? <laughs> <laughs> we went as that one year. Me in full on spandex. Her with like. Frizzy hair and yeah. Harley David. That kind of shit is fun, but as far as cringy, uh, I probably would bob for apples because it's it's you're it's done. You're done. You're done.
1: Okay, I, I'm I not uh, I'm not bobbing for anything. I am not biting an apple in a tub that other people have been trying to bite.
2: Only, but uh, yeah, only if I get to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will do.
1: I have done some cringy and wildly inappropriate couples costumes in the past. It was fun. I don't care that there are pictures. I'm
3: going yeah, cou-
1: couples, couples costume all day, man.
3: Nate, what, what are some of the cringy ones or just you know some of the ones you and Jan have done? In no, no, I want
1: uh, Well, the, we did one year. We phoned it in and we bought Coors original and Coors light t-shirts and then bought these hats that were just beer mugs.
3: Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's simple enough. You said inappropriate though. You said, wildly. Yeah, I'm not, you I'm said not. wildly inappropriate. Yeah, you did say wildly inappropriate. Uh, I want to hear, so hear those ones.
1: I did one with an ex that was, I was a priest and she was an altar boy. Oh, good luck. <laughs> <look. laughs> okay. See, I told you I didn't want to bring it up on the show.
3: Well, That's
2: It really didn't take much arm twisting for you to say it. The, the um,
3: IBT family need to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys. I've never done like a super cringy uh, Halloween costume with, with Katie, a, a couple one we've done uh, Peter and uh, and Gwen Stacy from, from Spider-Man. We've done uh, half of the Scooby-Doo gang. I think I was Shaggy and, and she was uh, Velma. But other than that, we haven't really done too many cringy ones. But I think the cringe is kind of part of the fun of it in a way. Like I'm all right with it. Mm-hmm. I'm with Nate. Like I don't want to like dunk my head in
2: like. Yeah, I'm changing my answer, but for the record. Um, I just pictured dumping, dunking my head into a, you know, tub full of half spit, half water, half apple pieces.
1: Exactly. That's no <laughs> disgusting. Well, I, I don't even like apples that much.
2: I embrace cringiness, honestly. Like I know.
3: I, I you know. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I don't
2: really know where, where I came from with that original answer. So I'm changing it.
1: I, I want to force people to laugh at me very uncomfortably on Halloween. Have you if had- you're going to make me come to a party...
2: I went Nate. as a I was a, I went as a literal dumpster fire one year. Like I got a waste, <laughs> got a waste management sticker on the fake dumpster, and then f- fire. It was great. Oh, I, I thought
3: sick. you were just Najee Harris. I thought you just put a jersey on Najee Harris. <laughs> I, Washington hey, I,
1: Commanders logo.
3: Have you bobbed for apples, Nate? Before.
1: If I bought what now?
3: Have you bobbed for apples before?
1: Not since I was a like, kid okay or like eight nine years old
3: Kyle any bobbing or thoughts on bobbing <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought I, I think the only time I've ever seen bobbing for apples is in like Charlie Brown
2: yeah that's what comes <laughs> to my mind okay yeah okay.
0: but I do think cringy couples costumes is the reason for the season you know yeah yeah absolutely costume it's gonna be cringy no matter what in my opinion
3: So, yeah, well, guys, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, (laughs) I want to shout out everyone who tuned into the chat tonight. Didi, Albert, all the new faces we saw in the chat. It means a lot to to have so many people turn out each week and supporting us. It's a lot of fun being here with each and every one of you. Kyle, we appreciate your audio editing. Nate, Scott, I appreciate all all you guys do here on camera. All the stuff you guys do off camera, all the research, all the thought that goes into this show behind the scenes. So I, I appreciate that as well. Nate, you and I will be back on Friday for our Friday show. Huge show. we got Mike Stoyanov from Blossom, uh, The Dark Knight. He's back on the show with us again for Start Sits. And we have Andrew Erickson from the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast as well. He's going to be on with us for Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. So really big podcast coming up on Friday, but this one was no short of fun in its own. Good luck on waivers tonight. Good luck on free agency tomorrow. Keep getting ahead of your leagues. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll be back in just a short while. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice